Hello and welcome to FNG1, the new fan's guide to Formula One and the world of motorsport. I am your co-host Chuck and with me as always is Sean. Hey folks. And we are joining you guys after the Miami Grand Prix. A little late this time where life is getting in the way again. This is, don't worry, we're not going to just stop like we did last year. Let's be clear. This is Tuesday, and I think season one had some plenty like Thursday this, recordings. It feels late to me. I'm, I'm, I. This is a new FNG one. I am a stickler for a schedule. I uh, lambast Sean constantly to record with me. That's not true. You, you were the one that had a conflict last night. I'm pretty sure it's always me. So, what did you think of this race, Sean? Oh, man, I don't like this track. You don't like the track. No. I, I want to know your reasons. Well, it did not go well for me. No, I... I oh, you mean legitimate or the... Forget Ferrari. Oh, Do you okay. have legitimate problems with the Miami track? To me, it feels like we built a track secondarily to actually just having an event in Miami. Yes, that's absolutely. This is like, a very Florida thing to do. Yes, I have a feeling Vegas may be this way too, but it was like, oh, we really want to do this thing. How can we shoehorn, you know, it into this event? So if I lived for about a year in Miami and when I, when they first bandied about the idea of this race, all I read was street race in Miami. And I was like, hell yes, that's going to rule. I was picturing Beachfront Avenue. downtown or South Beach or something cool. And they put it in a parking lot in the Miami equivalent of like Arlington. It's far out. because It's like, fucking middle of nowhere. And it, for I, all that they have, you know, gussied it up and made it look like an actual Formula One track and they've got gimmicks and all that other shit. It is very hard when you're watching it to not feel like you're watching Formula One cars drive around a parking lot because they are. It's a parking lot. Yeah. I didn't realize how far from Miami it was until they did like a pan shot and I could see downtown <laughs> Miami and I was like, good God. And you could see the ocean way off in the distance. Yeah. So far away. It's really far away and um, definitely parking lot feel... It, I don't know. I mean, just it, it's a new track and there's stuff like that. And it, the surface I know has issues. It just doesn't lend itself to good racing. And I'm not entirely sure that the promoters care about that part. I, and maybe this is the new guy side of me. I find that a lot of the tracks that for old school Formula One fans don't like, I do. As far as layout goes. Forget... Yeah gimmicks and all the other bullshit in the actual location as far as the actual layout and where they put the turns and the chicanes and whatever else i have a tendency to like the things i guess that people don't mm -hmm. and i don't know why it's not like i'm like mm, i think those are cool no it's just like i don't know people complain about stuff that i'm like oh i actually thought that part was kind of interesting that that section of the track the only layout part i think is bad is the turn 14 15 chicane that kind of goes under the bridge and so here's the thing that's my favorite part of the course this yeah. is a perfect example of a, and i let me be clear i'm pretty sure i'm in the wrong here yeah it just looks like they're like trying to steer a lawnmower through like a really narrow spot in a gate 
and it's got like a hump in it. It is wildly difficult and not conducive to a Formula One car, which I think is why I like it. It just looks so awkward. It looks so awkward. It looks like they're forcing... I don't I don't have a, a good analogy for it. They're forcing a Formula One car down a thing that they shouldn't drive a Formula One car through, yeah. which I think is fun. Yeah. No, I mean... If they were to put like a, I don't know, like a, a flaming ring they had to jump through, it would be the same thing <laughs> where it's like, well, you don't do that with a Formula One car. And they're like, well, we're gonna. And I'm like, okay, I'm interested because I watched all of practice and all of qualifying and that chicane fucked a lot of people up this week and i liked it it does i am the chicane's really the only quibble i have with the layout of the track i think it's really just a surface probably because it's in a parking lot it seems uh, unpredictable it's at like the interchange of a highway yeah you can see the little overpass behind them and they're all like on saturday like we can't pass tomorrow like you're just not ever going to be able to get up with someone and largely that came to fruition other than max obliterating the field. But um, yeah, it, it just feels like we already had one historical track that was like kind of a shoehorn street circuit that didn't lend itself to anything good, which is Monaco. And then we're just going to try to do that again, but like Miami style. And it, now Monaco yeah. is my favorite track, but I think that's for sentimental reasons. Yeah, it's it's only sentimental because the only thing that matters is getting on pole. Well, I was going to say the only thing that matters is getting on pole, but somehow Ferrari messed that up last year. Yeah, too. that doesn't seem to pan out all that well. But generally, if you get on pole there, there's nothing you can do. Because right. if you're first out of the pit stops, no one can pass you. I imagine that was less true. In like the 50s yeah. when Formula One cars were the size of go-karts. Yeah, you need look back at photos, but like, you know, <laughs> the cars now look massive trying to go through. Oh, they're the huge. Pen, right? They're the size of a Suburban, just, yeah. just lower to the ground. And the older cars could, but now like you can, you know, not have a gear in the middle of the, you know, kind of your gear sequence and still win that race. Well, Ricardo won it without the hybrid working. Yes, he did. I he that just, was in. I only know that because it was in Drive to Survive. Yeah, he just kept them. Everybody like you just couldn't pass him. There's like one place to maybe pass him, and you can really easily block it. So quibbles about the track aside, which I guess my final word is, I don't like the track. Not because of the layout. It's just if you're in Miami, can you go to Miami, please? If you're going to be in Miami, yeah. There's nothing about Miami. In that, and so then when they do the Miami stuff, all the palm trees and the teal and the pink, it feels painted on, which it literally the water is painted on <laughs> because you're nowhere near my there's not an actual fucking palm tree around. Like, what are they uh, now? Well, they have a football stadium, right? So they're gonna put it in a football stadium, but why? I, dude, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, some marketers making a lot more money than we are to be like, I guess what? I oh, yeah. Do. No, it's all just money. But complaints about the track aside, as far as the actual race goes, I mean, the interesting thing was, I guess the only interesting thing was the continued Checo and Max, you know, battle, the, whatever the I'm not even going to call it a battle because it doesn't it didn't feel like that. No. But more like the just the continued this is the next episode in the drama. 
you know, this is the, I don't know, the next comeback or whatever. I guess right. it's not a comeback. Who won the last race? The, uh, Checo did. So this Checo is did. Like, okay, so it is. This is the Empire Strikes Back of Max. Yeah, this one had much more of a feel of inevitability. There was a brief moment there where earlier in the race, first third of the race, where I was like, you know, Checo's really good on hard tires and making them last a long time. And he's minding his tires by not just trying to bury Alonzo. He's, you know, holding back on them so he can defend against Max. Maybe this will be interesting. But the longer that Max stayed on those hard tires, the more I was like, okay, this is nothing. He's no, he's, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was always dead. Like, honestly, I think, you know, Red Bull said Max was on the suboptimal strategy. But I think if you look at the mm, race, the seems teams, like the right the, one, the teams that split the drivers got better performance out of the person that went hard medium. Right. And I think that the thing was nobody, nobody was sure which no. one was actually going to be the right one. No, and it is a gamble. I do think it was smart by Red Bull and Alpine and Mercedes to split their drivers. Yeah, I was going to ask Ferrari you about that. Ferrari should Ferrari have split did their not, drivers. right? No, because because the track was just hard enough for everybody that doesn't have the current Red Bull Aero configuration to pass that well and that Magnuson made Leclerc's life hell and it was just kind of like mm. and then the Ferrari, it turned out the Ferrari was pretty spotty. I'll race peaky again like it was a couple of years ago. Um, but, but stepping even further back from the technical to a more base level you know, falling back into our old role of me not knowing everything and you do as a, I don't know, I guess I would call a, a high end casual fan at this point. <laughs> um, it seems to me like f setting aside whatever drama you may have between your two drivers and the various, you know, baggage that those contain it seems to me like if you are not 100% sure, wouldn't you always want to split your strategy so that somebody ends up on the good one? That's kind of... Yeah, I don't really know what they're doing. I mean, they played it safe, right? The medium hard was safe. I, I don't really know. I mean, I think they didn't expect... Because the Ferrari struggled... Because Sainz looked pretty good in the first stint. I mean, he really held up well in the, the mediums. Leclerc got kind of... He got stuck behind Magnussen when he finally passed Magnussen. Max did them both in and it kind of screwed the whole thing up for him. And then he just couldn't get it done again. Um, so that might have kind of botched his early strategy. He had a better experience on the hearts. I, I think they should have split him. I, I don't really know. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's a long-winded way to say that coming from seventh, I don't see why you wouldn't have tried to split them. Maybe they seventh is kind of that gray area where you're just close enough that maybe you just go with the prime what you think is the prime strategy um you know if he had been in 10th they would have probably gone hard medium but i guess maybe it feels to me like with ferrari's recent history history regarding just general race strategy it seems like putting all your eggs in one basket is a mistake yeah it doesn't like and that's kind of why i'm trying to where i'm trying to kind of waffle on it's not an abhorrent decision right no it's but not it's, like a what the hell were they thinking like but a, it does make me scratch my head that uh, yeah. plenty of other teams were like oh we should split the strategy it's a very bland strategy i think and like yeah you say they split them like gasly was in like sixth fifth somewhere in there and Ocon was only a spot behind max or he was somewhere in the mix and they split them Right. And kind of a similar, what I'm saying is kind of a similar setup to the, the Ferraris. I don't, it just feels like a bland, like 
you're being very safe all around. And do you need to be like, does it really matter? Uh, you know, the vibe around Ferrari right now doesn't feel great. I think they, hey, they're just trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Right? But I mean, that's almost it. Like it's, I mean, the, particularly like having, uh, you know, this particular driver pair, like everything is so dispassionate at this point. Yeah. I mean, nobody seems particularly fired up about anything. They're not even all that angry. No, they're just, I, I think it's just, we know there's a problem and we need a plan to fix it and focus on the plan. Right. So they've, they're bringing some stuff. They brought a new floor to the race. Right. But, and it's then not, they're going to bring a new wing. And then they got the, well, and the rest of the aero package really comes the next race, but it's, it very much seems like we know there's problems. We have ideas to fix them and that fix isn't this week. So let's just do what we can and see what, what happens. It's really weird though, because I mean, Leclerc, other than just absolutely going for it and qualifying had really good qualifying times and then really wasn't anywhere near it in the race which is very difficult to say. And they're having a really hard time. But that time seems the to be the setup. theme of the year. Yeah, but... The two years, really. Maybe, but uh, yeah, it's... Yes, it's the theme, but it's also what they're saying about the car. Yeah. I just saying, mean like, that, like... The car on... felt good on Saturday, and they didn't like how it felt. And it's not stuff like tire deg like it was in Bahrain. It's like, uh, it's not showing the same corner and cake characteristics between turns so you get understeer in one corner and you get oversteer in the other and it's not it there's weird things going on part of me wonders if it's just they're so hodgepodge at the moment on upgrades and yeah just figuring it out but yeah i mean i i do get it there's kind of this just like all right well let's just get to the next race and we'll, we'll try to get better do better here um carlos is just he's just struggling leclerc is kind of up and down i i, <laughs> I don't know if i'm because People are like, oh, he wrecked. I'm like, I'm not really mad about that. Like, no, that his wasn't... Super Bowl is on Saturday, and I don't know what caused it. I'm still not really entirely sure what caused it. He may have just been like, he was absolutely hauling ass. And according to the race engineer, not the race engineer, but the driver engineer, Jack Clear, he was said basically, yeah, we they felt good about the car, which is why I think Leclerc went absolutely balls to the wall when he bend it. Like that takes a lot of confidence to try to take the corner like he did. Um, but also I saw them say that the car bottomed out in that corner, which makes me think that there's still setup compromises. Like gotcha. the Red Bull is really compliant in corners and bumps. Whereas mm -hmm. the Ferrari, if you have it a little oversprung, isn't going to really respond to like a change in surface. And so Leclerc just caught, if he bottomed out, he caught something and then there went the grip. Gotcha. I decided something this week. Um, it's mostly for our listening public in general. And this is only true on the podcast, not on Twitter. I'm not going to talk about the Red Bull car anymore. Uh, well, the Red Bull car is a supercar. Right. And that is established lore and canon. And... Unless it is germane to a particular thing we're talking about, I'm done talking about that until it's not true anymore, which may happen later this season. The only funny thing I want to say is because like Helmet Marco is super good at saying like a crazy old man thing regularly. He blamed Toto Wolf for shortening the DRS section to punish Red Bull this week, <laughs> which I was like, that doesn't really play out there, Helmet, because literally the only car that could basically pass. Mm hmm. With I don't. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't track to me. <laughs> it was like, what are you talking about? Like, 
that car could pass at will. And everybody else was like, well, it's going to take me five laps to get this set up to get it done. And let me be clear, I'm still going to talk about the Red Bull drivers because it is an interesting story, at least still to this point. So I guess, are we back on the, we're in the ebb and flow of Checo's good and Checo's buried. We're on Checo's buried right now, right? Well, yeah. And so it's, it's falling nicely into our alternating episodes because I think he was back last week and now he's definitely gone again. Yeah, man. That was the, the psycho, psychological bomb Max just dropped on him. That was it did brutal. have a feel of inevitability the second half of that race. I was like, this is just, we're all just waiting for this to happen. Uh, they absolutely do not need to crash into each other. But the way that pass went down was really disappointing. If you're like, is Checo going to fight him this season? And he's like, ah, I'm going to give him a whole card's width of room on the outside to take this. I will say that, that yes, he gave him a whole car's width. That was also the least cut offy kind of pass I've seen Max make in a while. It was just... They felt like they were like, you know what? Let's just stay the fuck away from each other and then we'll never... Let's also not speak after the race is yeah. what that felt like. <laughs> Max has had the same thing where I was talking about Alonzo giving Stroll tips, which, mm -hmm. yes, is beneficial, but also does have this kind of like undertone of... Big dogging him. You don't concern me. And that's what that pass felt like. It like, did I feel will like pass that. you, and he did, and then put like six seconds on him in six laps. I mean, was, th three years ago, Max was the king of, I will take this corner if it means killing both of us. Yeah. And now that pass, I, I've i never seen him be that far away from right. another car when yeah. passing him on a turn. And I, when I saw it happen, I was like, Checo, you got to at least take him to the red stripe. <laughs> like, at least make him try, because I, I get it, y'all are in the... But, Y'all are in a team. You don't need to wreck. But this is Checo's only chance to win a driver's championship. I mean, he's not gonna. It's your only chance. I would think, like, if you're gonna show, like, I'm gonna fight this, you gotta take him to the outside. What the fuck was what he would gonna Max, do? Take him what one was more Max, corner? Are you yes. kidding? He The closing fight, speed was insane. What, is Max, what would Max have done? Yeah, well, that's that's a different... Max would have killed them both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if Max was into a team with an experienced or a, another world champion driver, what would Max have done there? And he would yep. have buried that bitch. <laughs> I do feel bad for Logan Sargent on his home race for the first time. That just sucks. The good news is, is if you look at the last three, uh, last three positions of this race, they were all the rookies. So it's yeah. like not, you weren't the only one that failed this test. All your buddies did too. <laughs> But for it to be over so soon, it was the first turn, wasn't it? Where he, he, he got damaged, yeah. Yeah, he he just rear-ended, was it DeVries? He rear-ended somebody. It feels backwards for DeVries, but sure. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't sound right, but I think it's true. I, it was just over before it started. Not that I was expecting him to get points or anything, but you want him to at least, I don't know, be in the mix and, I don't know, mixing it up with the other drivers and it was nothing. Yeah, the three the three rookies really were bad. One of them maybe survives to next year. Piastri will survive. Oh, you think it's Piastri? He'll survive, yeah. Because the McLaren oh. is so dog shit that he's not getting beaten out. If if he, I said I said the last three teams were the rookie or three finishers were the rookies, but the fourth worst was Lando Norris. Right. So it's not like Piastri is getting bombed out in that car. 
Um, I want to talk about shit. McLaren. I, I want to know what's going on. I don't. I mean, really this is this is a team it. that, at least for the duration that I've been watching F1, which is not all that long, uh, they were a high middle team. Mm-hmm. You know, they were always in the running for like the fourth position, the the best of the rest. Not that they were getting it necessarily, but they were there and they were competing. And this car sucks. Yeah, I mean, you kind of wonder if their their CEO tries too hard to be a bad American facsimile of Christian Horner if they've got any real structural leadership, right? Because Andreas Seidel bailed out. Yeah, they do seem to be... There's a lot of turnover right now, right? Yeah, Seidel basically left to go to a team that doesn't quite exist yet, right? He was really just going to join Audi. And they're bringing in some folks, but it really feels like, the you know, somebody's doing coordinator changes after getting beat 56-3, you know, at Baylor or whatever. So um, <laughs> I don't think Zach Brown's going to make it through this. They shouldn't be that bad that quickly. Yeah, that does kind of feel, this does kind of feel like, I don't know, the writing is on the wall for uh, Zach Brown. Yeah. Unless, I don't know, something very drastic changes, then they're going to make some drastic changes. Yeah, it'd be interesting because I, I, I think the the common belief is that Lando Norris's contract doesn't have a performance clause that lets him leave if they're not good. But where would he go? I think Lewis will end up signing a long-term deal, but it'd be Mercedes may be interested. Um, Audi's certainly interested in recruiting some drivers, um, and that would be Andreas Seidel again, his team principal from last year. Is I mean, is Audi going to be a new team or are they? It, no, it's this. It's, it's the uh, Alpha, Alpha Room, right? Alpha, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they're kind of putting the strategy on. You know, they were supposedly sniffing around trying to get signs and things like that, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where he'd go. Lando would never go to Ferrari. He, I just don't think that personality would work there. I think the top teams give him a look if he was available or interested. Okay. Did you see what uh, the owner of Alpine had to say this week? That they're like a disaster? That they're dog shit and not proving that this is worth the money they're investing our boy he uh, fucking railed on them. I mean, it never stopped. He never stopped shitting on that team. And look, they got a double points finish. <laughs> so maybe it, was this a motivational tactic? Yeah, it worked great. <laughs> our, uh, speaking of uh, team principals that may not be around our, our long, our boy Otmar. I know. I feel bad. I love Otmar. He feels like the old grandpa of F1. Y- you know that dude's got Werther's originals. His voice never matches up with the name. Yes, in the best possible way. It's the most confusing person on the grid. He's na- his name is Otmar, and Otmar Safnauer, and he definitely sounds like he grew up in Ohio. Yeah, 100%. Super <laughs> Midwest-like. <laughs> Who is your driver of the week? I mean, it's Max. It's Max? Yeah. Yeah, he was... What, pretty much fastest through most of the practice and qualifying sessions. I mean, he and I think Leclerc were really trading qualifying laps until Leclerc. Yeah, was they were like, just going back and forth the whole yeah, time. Yeah, and then Leclerc was like, fuck you guys. <laughs> it's one of those like, it's either going P1 or P10. There's no, there's nothing in between here. And somehow he got P7. So last week you were pleasantly surprised by my driver of the week pick. And so this week, I guess I'm going to turn heel on you because my driver of the week is Kevin Magnuson. 
Oh, because he managed to hold up Leclerc for ever. I mean, yes, I that he is. To be perfectly frank, he's an inferior driver, objectively, obviously, and he's in inferior equipment. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty quick this weekend, though. It, it was. was bizarrely quick. Just as a complete aside, it was weird seeing them much higher on timing sheets than I thought they should be. Generally. Yeah, anyway, but he, boy, he really he gave Leclerc the business for a lot longer than I would have guessed. It was real weird too because it was like, oh, Leclerc got it done. How the hell did he get back around? Yeah, now, he got Max him did, back twice in a row. Yeah, Max did the one where like I was like, oh, Leclerc, you probably shouldn't have tried to pass going into the DRS zone. <laughs> I respect the you know kind of. I like confidence. the ambition of what you were doing. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to pass him before the DRS zone. Eat shit, Kevin. <laughs> well, there's a thing about DRS. But, uh, and they made for an awesome shot when Max was like, you know, later. Yeah, I mean, it looked really cool. It was very exciting when it happened. Double passes are always cool to watch. Yeah, they're fun. Uh, Hamilton probably deserves a decent, uh, he had a really good race. But also, again, did the hard medium strategy. Right. And still finished behind his teammate. Yeah, but his teammates started like almost 10 possessions, or not 10, eight positions ahead of him. Right. So, I mean, solid. Now, why did he not finish there? I, we were talking about Ferrari seems dispassionate. Lewis, like, ebbs and flows between, like, this is the worst car I've ever driven. There's no reason to live here. And then, like, I feel good about where the car is going to be. And that happens, like, session to session, not even day to day or race to race. At the end of this race, he seemed more okay than I would have guessed. It's because he passed like eight cars. Yeah. He he seemed more zen about it. He's not happy, but no. he's not destitute. Destitute, no. is that the word I'm looking for? I don't feel like it is. No, but there was an interesting bit of kind of conversation. Despondent, I think, is what I wanted to that's say. That's how he was on Saturday. <laughs> but um, he's talking about waiting, for, can't wait for the upgrades, and Toto Wolf is like, these upgrades aren't going to get in the media was like, these upgrades aren't going to give the one second that Lewis wants. I'm like, <laughs> Ooh, this feels tough. What are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm very excited about the possibility of Hamilton driving for someone else next year. That's not happening. I know, but let me believe in something. No, I, I really thought for a little bit, maybe he would, but I was reading some interview with Jensen button or somebody and just kind of looking at the options and going through them. And it's like, Mm. But let me let me okay let and I know we've done this Do before this, this season. Yeah, let's play it. We've already done this this season, but I still enjoy talking about it. But let me live in the fantasy world for a minute. Imagine, if you will, and this would be wild, but they can signs at the end of the season and bring on Hamilton at Ferrari. How fucking cool would that be? The thing that would be weird though is I think if they canned signs and Lewis left. Mercedes would probably make a play for Carl or Charles. Oh, just do straight up. Oh, for Charles. Okay. Yeah. Or they would make a play for Lando. Sure. I mean, let British. silly season be what it is. Like if they're, I mean, those are the two drivers that you would probably try to poach or they'll just somehow poach Fernando. I guess I just think it would be cool to see Lewis Hamilton, who is a legend driving in another of the top three teams oh yeah i just think that would be cool to see him walk out in a ferrari uniform it, it would be it would be super interesting I, 
I don't see how that happens. I, I think no, that's it the won't big, happen. That's but we're the big, in La La Land here. Well, yeah, but I think that's the biggest piece because you are touching on the biggest rumor mill is the Leclerc and Hamilton. What's going on? I don't think it's legitimate from either. I think eventually enough like pundits get bored enough to just make up things and then be like, oh, I heard this rumor because like I was told somebody the rumor and they told me back. Right. But um, it, it'll be the most interesting if Hamilton ends up signing a two year deal, whatever he said he's looking for, then everything's going to get real quiet real fast. Hey, let's do a let's do a silly season thought exercise here. Okay. Where I'm going to give you the prompt, which we've already covered. The prompt is at some point in the near future, Ferrari drops signs and picks up Hamilton. What happens from there? You're saying Mercedes looks at Charles or Lando. Uh, yeah. And I, yes. I, th- I think, I think that it'd be there. tough to get Charles. I, I don't know because I can know he's got to be frustrated at Ferrari. And I also feel like he is hopelessly optimistic and loyal to them. To Ferrari? Yes. Yes, I totally agree. I feel like he will just stick it out okay. hoping it will get better so, forever. <laughs> then Lando goes to Mercedes. Yeah, I think that would be the move. So then who does McLaren pick up? Fuck. Uh, no, uh, we're gonna do this. Carlos I don't care how again. long it takes. I can, back uh, to Car- we can go oh, back so to you Carlos. think it just the the it ties up right there with Carlos ends up back at McLaren. Yeah, but then we're in the like Checo's pissed off. Max Max gets rid of Checo. Yuki gets promoted to Red Bull only to get. There's no fucking way they put <laughs> Yuki Tsunoda in that car. <laughs> That's what people have been talking about. They like, would just as soon put me in that car. That is going to be the wildest eight races no, of any season ever. Because I don't think he makes it to race no nine. No fucking way that happens. <laughs> They'd pick up Fernando Alonso before they did Imagine that. Imagine the fucking random shit when he's like qualified well and then just like punts max the hell out of the race that no, should, the, it would be the, done the car is too good to be shattered <laughs> into pieces like three or four times a week there would be some races of absolute brilliance in other words it, what the hell happened just no chance yeah people were talking about it, it was like checo benefited from being very experienced and very certain of who he was and all the drivers that went next to max before that had their entire psyche shattered yuki would be the latter I just think I, I just decided what my thought exercise goes to. So uh, Sergio basically gets booted from Red Bull due to psychological issues from this battle. Yeah. Red Bull picks up Valtteri Bottas and puts him in driver number two. See, this would be an interesting one because this would be interesting. It's right? opposite of Checo because it would be God mode qualifying. And yes, garbage race pace. I think it's the perfect setup because you'd I always have a number two. I think it would be good and interesting. It worked great for Mercedes. You yeah. had a number two who just blocked up the works while the number one driver <laughs> ran away. It would be perfect. No. I think the other thought exercise is which drivers would you put in the Red Bull 2 seat to give Max the most hell? To give him the most hell? Yeah. Fernando Alonso. I think there's three guys I would pick off the grid. Yeah. Uh, Fernando Alonso, because one, in a good car, he's very competitive, and also he's a lunatic. <laughs> he's wily, but the problem is, is Max buries him every week on qualifying. In, in that, in that in situation. In not the same machine. In, no, I'm saying in the same machine. Oh, 
Probably. No, and I think that's but that doesn't a, that'll mean be that when they line up one two that he's, he's not, not going to absolutely fuck Max's that, world. Everyone. That is a good point. Like Max would have to go back to yeah. He he would absolutely screw him because he's very good at launches. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was fun. I like that exercise. Do we have any new Ephanon here? Um, we've been. I feel like did Lawrence stroll torpedo his own son? W- expand on that. Lance qualifies like 18th. Yeah, why did merit. that happen? On merit. Why he, did that happen? I think I'm just now processing that. He qualified, He put in a time and it was 18th. Like it was, how <laughs> did you go out of Q3 in that car? Huh. Or Q1, sorry. Okay, so Lawrence Stroll fires Lance Stroll. He's adopted his new son. Yes, he has a new son. He doesn't need Lance anymore. Yeah, I have my new Spanish son. <laughs> Look how nice he is to the other boys. <laughs> uh, but he did get complimented by Alonzo on that one pass, which was weird. That is, yeah, it's very weird. But did you read about how that happened? How he said he that caught that it. Happened? He caught he it on the screen. He was watching TV while he was driving. Yeah, I saw it on the screen. I guess <laughs> he saw a green car up there and was like, "Well, that wasn't me." <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. I'm way up at the front. I'm just kind of doing my own thing right now. I'm not over here passing Alfa Romeos. <laughs> but yeah, that's still, it's the whole thing. That vibe is real weird. It seems fun, but like, it feels like a thing that's not going to, somehow it's going to be really toxic by the end of the year. So I think that the Ephanon starting point has to be, because Lawrence Stroll is the current uh Big bad of Ephanon or big good, I suppose. It depends on where you stand in the conspiracy. Um, he's he's the the power behind the power, and so he definitely paid Leclerc to bin it in qualifying to put Max back at P nine because that put Fernando on the front row, right? Yeah, they want to get. Fernando the 33rd win or whatever. Yeah, so that definitely happened. Yeah, that makes So sense. there's nothing more to that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that, that, I think <laughs> there's that, no way to spin that tidy. further. Now Le- take it to give me another thread. We need to take it even further. I don't further. know, but let's just admire Leclerc's commitment to making sure he outqualifies Max. Yes, that was that was my response immediately after qualifying. Eat shit, Max. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like Ephanon is falling apart on us. I feel I, like we're it, losing It's too straightforward right now. It is too straightforward. Ephanon was really great in what? The 2021 season. Where we yes, had a real where, battle. It was, where we had real battles and it was very chaotic. And right now, our concern as a podcast is the same as everyone's concern as a fan, which is that this is so far not all that interesting a season. I Don't get me wrong. I'm ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. <laughs> but... I can recognize that that while this is a lot of fun for me, it's not fun for kind of everyone else. Well, luckily, a lot of the people who listen to this, I think, are Red Bull fans. I, I'm actually not sure about that. I don't know. I, I think there are a lot of Ferrari fans. I th- I think Ferrari, but Ferrari's weird because it's not in a dominant place, so everybody just kind of likes it because it's Ferrari. I don't know how many are truly like ferrari fans and they're just like oh i like ferrari but in a, like a non-threatening way <laughs> i i like ferrari but in a non-threatening way like they're not they're not like a th- threat to being very annoying because if charles was up there every race 
this shit people would stop listening to this podcast these fans are the hansen of of we just, one fans not you would just have the italian anthem in the background the whole time i was talking <laughs> i'll edit that in yeah. that's a lie i'm not gonna do that but uh no i i don't know we have a lot of fans who are just interested in the sport i think but yeah the red bull the people who chose red bull two years ago made some brilliant moves we did i think i chose them three years ago yeah three years ago it was 2020 yeah I, I wasn't being a front runner yet. He didn't win the championship that year. He, yeah, but that he. Was I got in just year. under the wire of being just a bandwagoner. I mean, yeah, I thought it, about that later. Like, I'm glad we recorded that episode and it is still available to listen to, so that I can prove categorically that I picked Max and Red Bull before. He was winning all the time. And I think it was a big deal to even pick it in June 2020 because even towards the end of the year, it was like, ah, that was starting to look like the pre-races to 2021. When I picked him, I honestly, part of the reason that I picked Max because was because it was all going to be podium or DNF. He and was I still- really liked that, that chaos. This is actually one of my favorite kind of Max. And I think to the Charles, to turn it back to that, storylines because i think the 2020 season is about the season that charles is in now so the equivalent experience in f1 for max and i remember when max started that season i was like he is chaotic yes and then and we talked about this i think at the 2021 season that sometime it was probably around august or so of the 2020 season max stopped being chaotic i think maybe he it was the prequel to 2020. Was realizing that maybe sometimes it's better to just take the podium rather than the 19th. It's well, it's two parts. It's take the podium, not the 19th, and it's the car started coming to him where he didn't have to do something insane to get the result he was getting, which I find a lot of parallels, except for the Red Bull at the time was trending up, and the Ferrari is at best trending. Side to side. <laughs> I was going to say, it feels it feels flat. I don't feel like it's trending down, which, I mean, is good, right? Do you? Wait. No, it, it, because I guess, no, because I have to objectively say the whole season, I was like, they have to improve this car and it's going to take a while. And so I'm trying not to like back that out and let recency bias say the car is not doing well because two weeks ago it won a race, right? Um, but... Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's relatively flat with the tans going up. But I, that was the biggest thing, I think, for Max is a little bit of maturity saying, yeah, take the podium. But the other one is the car started coming to him. Right. And he stopped having to be a hero. And I, I just feel like that's a bit of a timely point given Leclerc's weekend. It was a very opportune moment for me to jump in. Oh, yeah, for you. Now, back to the main point. Yeah, it worked out really well for you. There's <laughs> documented that you picked him because he was chaotic, and then he won a championship. Well, and the funny thing is that I initially was drawn to Red Bull, and part of me wanted to say that Alex Albon was my driver. That would have been a wild choice. Wouldn't that have been weird? In retros, because at the time, I knew nothing. I literally knew nothing. I had a list of people. That would have been a, a lot of content roller coaster for us. It would have. I, we would have gone Demoted. through a whole season where my driver didn't exist. Well, he got promoted that season, right? Huh? Was that the, was he in the? He was already the, in the car because we came in halfway through the season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then he lost a seat completely for a while there. And then he came back to the Williams. Yeah. Now yeah. he's just 
like a happy album. I'm glad that I'm not. I'm glad I didn't do that. That that worked out for you. Could have been a Daniel Ricardo fan. We're, well, I mean, every everybody in, in their hearts, all of I, us are Danny I don't know, Ricardo man. fans. I was on Instagram before this, and he's uh talking about the Bored Ape NFTs, and I was like, oh no, oh no, is he really? I was like, what are you doing? Wait, in the year of our Lord 2023, he's talking about Bored Apes. Yeah, it was wild. Jesus Christ, he was reposting somebody he knew was like thing and it was like getting turned into an NFT and I was like, Daniel, you know we're like a year past this collapsing, right? <laughs> oh my god. I know you've got free time. Sean, you have rocked me to my core right now. Yeah, it was a weird post. I, I still don't fully understand what was happening there, but I'm like I backed it up like three times to see why he posted it. I think I need to go like make a cup of tea and sit and think for a while. About a lot of things in my life. Maybe he's catching up on like the last eight years or so. Of Maybe he was so into the driving that he yeah. was unaware that NFTs came and have completely left. So he's finally getting to like the news of late 2022. Oh. Right. He's like, whoa, okay, these are cool. Like now oh, that was boy. a bad choice in the moment, but I could kind of see how he'd fall into that. But he'll, he'll like the next post tomorrow, he'll probably be out of it. So we're good. So I'm making another decision about our podcast in general. We're never, uh, after today, we're never speaking about fantasy again. No, I'm not, I'm not even updating my team. Not, I, and, uh, wait, I tried not to. Not because no, no one should ever talk about any fantasy sport ever, which is true. That is true, and no one should. But what I'm discovering with Formula One fantasy in particular is that on a long enough timeline, we all end up with the same team. Nothing, oh, there's nothing interesting about this. No. This um, is not a good sport to do fantasy on. I'm I, going to make that statement. I will say whoever is led last weekend used some kind of wild card that let them not have a cost cap. And they had both Ferrari drivers, both Red Bull drivers, and Fernando Alonso. Wait, that's a thing I can do? Yeah, I I didn't know it was, but I was like, how'd they pull that off? Oh, okay, well, I may be doing so this some is, investigation. This is the this. only way for it to be interesting is, do you pick the week when it goes Red Bull, Ferrari, Red Bull, Ferrari, and Fernando? And that's like the most points you could possibly score, especially if Max starts like 20th and passes everyone. Yeah, that helped me out. But in general, no, because there are only 20 drivers and it's just done on a cost cap basis, this is not a good sport. For fantasy sports? Not with right? the way that the teams kind of stray, right? Or if there was a draft where only one person can have Fernando Alonso, then I guess it's an interesting thing, but also you can only have uh, like five people in a league. So you say next year we get three other people and we create a draft-based F1. <laughs> we go back to an actual Roto League that we run off of an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> 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 because we're creating our own fucking rules. <laughs> And and I'm going to be 100% honest. My team is complete superstition, and I refuse to put LeClaire back on the team. That's the correct move. Because I'm afraid I'm going to doom him if I do it, so I won't put him there. And I'm All just right. rolling with my, my Max George Russell lineup. I got a question for you. It is, we'll say, April 14th, 2024. You have completely frittered away the year and your taxes have to be filed by the end of the day. And 
you've done some extremely sketchy shit. You've been trading a lot of NFTs. Uh, you bought a couple of houses off of foreclosures. You ha- un- you unloaded a bunch of money in some offshore bank accounts. Your taxes are going to be sketchy as hell. And you need one of the F1 drivers to do your taxes for you. Who are you picking? It's either Lance or Logan because their family definitely has people that will make that disappear. Oh, okay. So you're really leaning into the, I definitely did some criminal activities, not <laughs> I want someone who will do this accurately and quickly. <laughs> I mean, you made it sound like I, I'm in some trouble. Okay. Maybe I overstated how shitty your taxes are. Okay. Let me, let me, let me walk I was walk too quick back. to pick, pick the very clear, like billionaire sons with ties to like dark politics money. No, you're picking Logan Sargent because, uh. I would do sooner in that his, gra- his grandpa made some money go to some interesting places is what it se- seems like. If you look Lance Stroll is just going to make the calculator say boobs on it and nothing else. L- Lance is going to be like, you don't have to file him. Dad will fix it. Okay. You've done nothing wrong. Okay. You have done only legal things, but all of the most complicated things in taxes. You have a series of dependents, uh, a family member or a dependent passed away you know who would try really hard who george yeah actually george i think might be the answer yeah or lewis why are mercedes guys all just accountants <laughs> i don't know that lewis is an accountant i well, think no, but i think he that would, he would make a genuine effort to do this correctly and quickly for you yeah but he would he would mostly he would mostly try to like build you up about how like you didn't actually mess up like by doing it this late but like you do need to learn from this but i think george would earnestly try to sit down and try to do the calculations i actually think i might pick charles leclerc i think he would try he would try i don't know if he i feel like maybe he'd get lost in that <laughs> i feel like he would just get bored with it he doesn't seem like that would be terribly interesting like nick devries looks like an accountant he does is that anything? Piastri looks like he's cheated on taxes. Yes. Um, Yuki d- no, never even contemplate, doesn't even understand the concept of taxes. Yeah, Yuki um, is just drawing doodles of naked ladies all over it and then mailing it without you signing it. Um, I'm trying to think who else we got in here. Neither the Alpine gu- Alpine guys. No, they, they're um, French. They cannot be bothered. Fernando's Spanish. Definitely going to do tax evasion. It seems like all the Spanish athletes end up doing tax evasion at some point. Terry Bodass is going to look through it and just judge you heavily for all of the things you've spent your money on. And yeah. Then throw and he's it not going to, he's going to ask you why you're trying to get deductions because he comes from a high tax society. That, yeah, that's true. Um, let's see. It's a, it's a Mercedes driver. I think it, it's yeah, George it's Russell. George, it's George. Wow. George has the most like sincere accountant vibes imaginable. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about the next race. Where are we? Where are we heading, and when? Back to Italy, Emila. Back to Italy. Have we already been in Italy? Well, I mean, back from last year, I guess. You could have said yes, and I would have believed you. Good. Yeah, Baku is actually in Italy. You didn't know that. It's the Azerbaijan province. Now, I may not know a lot about uh, racing, Sean, but my geography is fucking on point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're going to Emila. Okay, and Imola is not the Italian Grand Prix, right? It's no, the it's one that's the, like Emilia Emi- Romagna, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand Prix de San Marino or something like that. Esprit okay. de Italia. 
Tell me about this course as though I definitely don't remember it from any of the previous years. I mean, it's an old circuit. It's a little narrow. Last year, Max won. That's not super surprising, but that's kind of when that's kind of the first time that Ferrari made a mistake. That was when Leclerc was it was wet and Leclerc. Oh, this was when it started falling apart. Well, yeah, he's not going to take a podium. He's going to try to get second and forced it to get around Perez and loop the car and still came in like fifth or sixth after putting it into a wall. But uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's back to the European tracks. These are more the, the traditional tracks that I think. If I was gonna rail against the style, so of we're going from tracks. the least traditional race to the most. Well, not maybe the not most, the most, but back to tradition. Yes, <laughs> return. Um, okay, cool. When is that race? Two weeks. Well, a, what, a week whatever, and twelve a days from now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that's gonna be it for this episode. Uh, thank you to RCBO5 for our cover art. Thank you to f- to uh, Chris King for our theme music. The song is Cat Mountain Drive off the album Gold Poles. Uh, and we will see you guys after Imola. See you later. Thanks. Ooh, Austria has a good name. Grosser Pries von Österreich. That's pretty good. I don't know what any of that means. I, I don't speak those languages, but anytime I see Reich in there, I pause a little bit. That's like, true. <laughs> yeah, you have a, everyone on Earth has a moment's hesitation there. Not sure what this even means, but pause. <laughs>